Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe presented by Coop Ale Works. We're recording this on Thursday, January 5th, which means the Thunder just got back from Orlando. I was yes, about to say yeah. Boston. We, we played Boston here the day before that. Got back from Orlando. That was a doozy of a home road back-to-back. -back. As you can tell, brain's still a little yeah. fried trying to recalibrate to everything that just happened. So we got our podcast because it, it's been a wild last 48 hours. And particularly that brief stint in Orlando <laughs> where we landed from Oklahoma City into Orlando at 3 o'clock in the morning. What time did you end up actually going to bed, Gallo? Sometime after four. Yeah. Probably. You know, we got to drive from the airport to the hotel and then we get the bags and get kind of settled and checked in. And yeah, you know, so you're looking at just a handful of hours yeah. of sleep, basically. And then these guys, I don't know how they did it to turn around and play. Paris, my, my big question is how many cups of coffee did you drink in the basically the 48 hours between the before the Boston game yep. and now? No, it was a solid 2.5, 2.5. I think I had a cup and didn't finish it. Wow. But okay. the, I see. I was thinking you were going to say 2.5 per day. No. <laughs> so I, I try to stick to one per day. But the beauty of the Orlando hotel is that there's a Starbucks Ooh, right downstairs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing I did as soon as I got up, go downstairs and uh, get my caffeine injection so that I can survive the day. Well, last night in Amway Center was the first time that I've ever seen Paris bail out on a cup of uh, coffee yeah. midway through. Not the finest work it wasn't. Uh, at the at the arena yeah. coffee there, so uh, I, I felt very sad for you, Paris. It's okay, and it's also it, it, you know it, we just I just had dinner and it was just <laughs> like uh, it's just the coffee's not working for me right now. Although the six thirty p.m. coffee yeah. is, a, is a dangerous one. <laughs> That's a decision <laughs> yeah. that you need to go headfirst into, and I was not really that that confident about it. But in Amway Center, it was freezing cold in there, <laughs> and so I really just wanted the coffee it to keep my caffeine, hands. It was away. just the heat. Okay. <laughs> Just, right. And then once it lost its luster, I had to have, have you take it away from well, me. Well, we got all the energy that we needed from Stuff the Magic Dragon, the oh my uh, mascot for the Orlando Magic, who did a crazy breakdance in the court and then came over and kind of harassed Paris and I for a little while uh, over so, at our seats. Rumble will have my back on yeah. this. Yeah. I had your back, Rumble. Don't you worry. Yeah. Stuff came over. He, and I have my notepad open. Yeah. I've got my laptop open. He came over. He saw the mess that was happening over here. And uh, he pointed to my notepad. And he, he made like a scribble sign yeah. with his hand. And he, he wanted to know where the pen was. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know where a pen yeah, is. Yeah, you're not just getting a pen. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I uh -huh. can't help you. No yeah. pen here. Yeah. But he was like adamant and really wanted a <laughs> pen. And I was like, okay, if I have any chance of watching this game, I really got to help him with the pen. This <laughs> is in the middle of the game. <laughs> Literally. The yeah, action is happening yeah, on yeah. the floor. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a pen, man. And so I hand him a pen. And then he starts writing on my notepad. The one, the one little sliver yeah. of daylight on this notepad. And he writes rumble and underlines it. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's nice. Yeah. But then he starts shaking his head. He's like, mm -mm, nope. And then he like, you know how like he's got the things that come out of his nose? Yeah, yeah. yeah he made those things pop out at me. I was like, uh-uh, nope. Don't you dare flare your nostrils at rumble. That's right. Rumble's the best. Yeah, come on, stuff. <laughs> come on. That was, that was not cool. However... The other people that were sitting close to us at our seats there, we had a lot of action there going on. There was a lot going on. The, the people right in front of us was this father-son duo. Yeah, this was cool. Yeah, who were from Melbourne, Australia. And the 10-year-old the son, Charlie, uh, was turning 10 actually um, a, a week from yesterday, so in six days now. And uh, for his 10th birthday, he got this trip from Melbourne, Australia to Florida. They went to Legoland, and then they saw that the Thunder was playing at Orlando that week while they were there, they're massive Thunder fans, massive Josh Giddy fans, of course, wow. being from his same hometown in Melbourne. So 
they were sitting right in front of us. We got to chat with them and talk with them. They had a big Australian flag that yeah. they were waving right in front of us. So that was really cool. That was so special because I sat down and I saw the Josh Giddy jersey because they were yeah. sitting literally right in front of us. Our seats at the Amway Center were right behind the basket. And so this was the literal next human being in front of us was was this this father-son duo. I remember seeing the Josh Giddy mm-hmm. jersey and I'm like, oh, well... Of course, OKC tra- fans travel, but oh yeah, and there's tons in Orlando, but this was different. This was yeah. special, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what a what a fun tenth birthday, right? Oh, gosh, can you Legoland? Imagine? Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. How so, about a like fourteen hour flight or whatever it was? <laughs> Casual, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. That that might have been give or take, but yeah. yeah, you you make up for it with the incredible trip to see Josh Giddy play. Yeah. In person. Very that's cool. that's 10 out of 10. And they got a shout out on the Bally Sports Oklahoma broadcast thanks to our very own Nick Gallo. There you go. There, there you go. go. Got a chance to be on TV. Well, it was certainly a, a action-packed trip to Orlando. The Thunder didn't necessarily play to the way that they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Fell short in that game to the Magic. But like we mentioned, it was a tough back-to-back the night before, they went up against the number one team in the Eastern Conference, really number one team in the mm-hmm. league right now, the Boston Celtics, and absolutely handled business here inside of Paycom Center and then had to go to Orlando. And just out of the gates, you kind of tell that the Magic were taking the reins of that game. Yeah, the team, the players will never admit this, and they've never admitted over the course of the 15 years that we've been here, but uh, that was schedule loss i mean yeah. the the thunder coming in losing the hour going east a two and a half hour flight as mm-hmm. we talked about you know, you're you're getting settled into the hotel sometime around 4 a.m meanwhile the orlando magic hadn't played since friday december 30th right so the last time they played was last year <laughs> <laughs> and it's just tons of time to rest recuperate uh-huh. um and, and just gear up for this game um kind of a a pride game too, yeah. where, you know, this is a magic team that lost to the thunder here in OKC and uh, a team that, um, you know, did not, uh, is kind of in the same like sphere as OKC, but yeah. has not had, um, the same type of success that the thunder has had over right. the last decade and a half. And, you know, when you're kind of in that same window of teams, um, in terms of that, that development arc, there's a little bit of juice there and mm-hmm. it kind of can create these uh, little rivalry games. You could tell the magic just from the very outset really, really wanted that game. Yeah. Just from the the force that they played with. I'm thinking of a guy like Paolo Bancara, who was just downhill, full head of steam, really looking for his opportunities. And a, a lot of guys really got involved mm-hmm. in the action for the magic. The thunder ultimately fell short in that one, but they had a, a day off today yeah. here in Oklahoma city. They turn around and they're going to play the wizards here tomorrow. So this Eastern Conference stretch that the Thunder is in right now, it's it's stacked, it's 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 heavy, but this team is 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 looking to take the lessons from all of those games and apply them forward. We've gotta talk about this Boston game. Yeah. Before we get to that, stay around because we're gonna take a short break here, but we've got to break down everything that you might have missed in that incredible win against the Boston Celtics the night before the team left for Orlando. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Coop Works is the proud sponsor of Thunder Basketball Universe. Brewers of the fan favorites F5 IPA and 99 Calorie Ice Chest IPA. You'll find those and many more Coop beers at retailers across Oklahoma. Learn more at CoopLWorks.com. All right, we've hinted at it. We've talked about it. You might have heard about it. It certainly made headlines. <laughs> it was a big deal, not just here in Oklahoma City, but I have to imagine just in the NBA as a whole. The Thunder taking on the Boston Celtics. This was a, a couple of days ago, and 
the Thunder obviously going up against a more veteran Boston team, a more a bigger Boston team, the number one team in the NBA, lead the NBA in scoring. I mean, the superlatives just keep going yeah. on and on and on. Add on top of that, the Thunder's playing without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was a late scratch due to a non-COVID illness. None of those things seem to matter at all once the game got started because the Thunder not only took the reins from the outset, but just kept their foot pedal to the metal for the entirety of the contest. And by the end of the game, ended up posting 150 points, which is a franchise record. Yeah, the most that the Thunder has scored since arriving in OKC, that uh, that record, um, pretty impressive, especially given the fact that um, I think five different guys scored at yep. least 20 points. Um, you had eight different players with at least three assists in that game. Everybody got involved in the rebounding and the steals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, th- the effort was really predicated on excellent defensive fundamentals from the outset of the game. You could tell kind of at that first quarter, first time out, about mm-hmm. midway through the first quarter, that Boston had tried to throw a big punch. And the game was about tied at that point. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder, as they were walking back to their huddle, you could see the confidence on their faces. Yeah. It was like, okay, like we took it. Mm-hmm. We're good. Mm-hmm. Like we're still here. We're still standing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Boston in a way kind of recoiled back from that. Yeah. Like, like it was not expecting to have um, thrown that punch and mm-hmm. have it be kind of like brushed to the side. And uh, I think maybe that catching Boston off guard is what allowed the Thunder to just really start rolling downhill in uh, an extremely pr- impressive performance all the way around. Yeah, and this this Thunder team wants to be a team that just isn't influenced by circumstances whatsoever. Playing without Shea, as a matter of fact, kind of juice this team a little bit, knowing that they're going to have to really bring it and it's going to have to be a collective unit. It's exactly what happened. Like you mentioned, five guys with 20 or more points. They scored 40 points in two, more than 40 points in two quarters. Yeah. They had two 40 point quarters. One of them, they scored 48 points, which is the most in a single quarter in OKC history. The offense was firing on all cylinders. But Gala, like you mentioned, the energy that they got in this game came from the defensive end. And there's one play in particular that I know that stood out to me. I'm certain, I'm certain stood out to you as well. And it was Trey Mann. And Sam Hauser had the ball. At round midcourt, he it was obvious he had tried to get the ball yeah. away at this point. But Trey Man, just like a shark in the water, when you yeah. know a guy doesn't want the ball, and Trey is just pestering him at half court, pestering him, pestering him, and stole the ball from him and finished the ball, finished layup on the other end. And that play right there told me everything that I needed to know about how this team entered this game mentally. And it was, we're not letting up. We're not giving you anything easy and we're going to play our style and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring it to you. You know, it's amazing just over the course of time watching players, they, especially young guys who are pre, you know, 24 years old, you can see whether they're entering a game like leaning in or Mm -hmm. leaning back and, you know, worried about making mistakes or worried about, you know, like the game plan or, you know, making sure that they're executing every single thing perfectly. In that matchup against Sam Hauser, Trey Mann was clearly leaning forward and deciding like, I am the aggressor in this one. I know that I am the better, you know, player in this this situation where I can just go get the ball Mm -hmm. from him. Like a true recognition of strength and weaknesses and his own strength and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And just the dogged mentality of like, I'm – I'm going to be the aggressor here yeah. and I'm not going to worry about, Oh, you know, make sure that I don't um, give up a, a three. Like, no, I'm just going to go get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said that he and Kendrick Williams talk about guys that they have in those matchups 
Um, you know, and you're going to see players at the four spot or, at, yep. you know, shift up to a guard spot like a Sam Hauser who are really catch and shoot three point guys that don't want to put the ball. Exactly. In the exactly. And, and to be able to recognize those situations and know when to go um, attack somebody. I think the perfect example happened last year, and this was Lou Dort mm-hmm. on Furkan Korkmaz in a very similar yes. situation. And it, Royce Young did an entire episode of The Path about that one play that yeah. happened right out at midcourt. So these are catalyst moments for the Thunder. Yeah, and to your point, the the whole idea that Trey and Kenrich are out there just kind of like bantering about, okay, mm-hmm. who who doesn't want the ball? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. And then on top of that, Trey told, was it Kenrich or Aaron, one of the guys, to deny Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. So he told him outright, don't don't let Brogdon get the ball. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to yeah, go get it. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go get it. All of that happened. And that led to the Trey man steal, the Trey man finish on the other end and speaks to the force that this team was playing in playing with and how locked in they were not just like in, in the four, you know, the four lines of the court, but also just like mentally yeah. and on the sidelines and knowing and thinking two steps ahead. And another just kind of example of just the force that this team was playing with. There were a lot of dunks mm-hmm. by the Thunder in this game. Not just by J-Dub, who leads the team in dunks. I think he had like three or four. He had four in that four. game. Yeah. He had four. But one Isaiah Joe, who also had himself a poster in this game. And it, like, it made me so happy to see this for Isaiah Joe, a guy who leads the team in, in three-point percentage. He's top 10 in the league in three-point percentage. He, is, he is, has the high, one of the highest three-point attempt rates in the league. And he got himself a dunk. He got himself a poster. I have to shout out our friend of the pod, Matt Pinto, yeah. for an incredible call on this dunk. Oh, wow. He called it a sinister slam. Oh, wow. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overinterpreting this. But Joe crossed over and actually transferred the ball to his left hand uh-huh. and slammed it and, and got a poster. So, of course, it was sinister in like the, the normal English lexicon of the word. But it was also... Sinistra with his left hand, which is oh, the root word, goodness. is means left in uh, I think Greek. Um, Do and we so, think Matt Vento thought all of that through? I don't know, but I thought that was very. If he did, if he that did, was that's very next impressive. level. Yeah, it was Greek or Latin? I can't remember which one. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I just I was like, dang, that was an amazing live call <laughs> that's to awesome. be able to just pull that out. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in the moment, that was really cool. What's the word? Yeah. Sinistra. Sinistra. Wow. Yeah. Sinistra. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're filing that one yeah. away, Mr. <laughs> Matt Pinto. That is very, very impressive. And Nick Gallo caught on it. I got you. So buddy. there you go. There you go. But if we're gonna talk Isaiah Joe, we got to talk Isaiah Joe and his recent mm-hmm. stretch of games here in that Boston. In that Boston game, he had 21 points. The following game, he had 13 points against Orlando. 11 of those points came in the third quarter during a stretch. Okay, so in this Orlando game, the Thunder was down for the majority of the contest, but there was a stretch in the third quarter where the Thunder really chipped away, chipped away, and actually brought the deficit down to single digits, brought it down to seven points. The lineup that was out there on the floor was Trey Mann, Lindy Waters III, Isaiah Joe, Mike Muscala, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Straight up snipers surround <laughs> surrounding Shea, and yet it was the defensive end during that stretch that really allowed the Thunder to kind of chip away and co- and bring the game to seven points. Okay, that tangent aside, but it's a huge. It's not just a tangent. It's a huge aspect of it this is. because not, this doesn't work if those guys yeah. aren't playing yeah. strong defense. If they're not feisty, if they're not aggressive on the defensive glass, the way that Isaiah Joe has been. So True. like. That is, uh, I know you caveated that, but it's it's more than a caveat. It, and yeah. it's it's a really big deal because yeah. the Thunder and Coach Dagnall really trusted those guys. You can't put them out on the floor, like you're saying, right. and and not allow them and, and not tr- not have the trust in them for them to handle their business defensively. And so that was a really big 
positive sign for that group there. Um, but going back to Isaiah, he has put together some really strong performances. He, you have to remember, he came into this organization late this season. He yeah. missed training camp. He didn't get a chance to do summer league with this team. And so he kind of was a step behind in terms of, you know, the team learning him, him learning the team. And Coach Dagnall even mentioned, like, if he had been here at training camp, we probably would have gotten a few more cracks yeah. earlier because we would have learned about him a little sooner. But all the while, he just, Isaiah just kept his head down. He kept doing what he was doing. He stayed ready. And every opportunity he has gotten so far, he's taken advantage of it and shown what he's capable of doing. He's made two or more threes in 50% of the games that he's played this season. Yeah, 13 out of the last 19. That is yeah. incredibly impressive for a guy who probably on everybody's scouting report, because you probably don't have a ton on Isaiah Joe, right? right? But the one thing you do have is shooter. Yeah. <laughs> that, and yeah. so if there's any instruction about Isaiah Joe out there, it's don't let him shoot. And right. he's still finding his cracks and his opportunities. One thing I wanted to ask you is he seems to continue to be getting these shots from like the left slot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think of that as like the LeBron spot. You know, LeBron always gets mm -hmm. over to the left wing and he kind of messes around and then mm -hmm. he gets to that. But, but Isaiah, he's getting a lot of those off the catch. He's yeah. sometimes taking a rhythm dribble if somebody comes flying out at him. But yeah. like... What is it about a shooter and just a very specific spot behind the arc? Because, you know, just, you know, you would think a corner would be more efficient, but for some reason that spot right there yeah. on the left slot is, is a huge spot for him. He seems to hit shots from there all the time. It's so interesting because the top of the key is normally like, oh, it's either like your best shot or your worst yeah. shot, like top of the key. So like yeah. the depth perception of that, right? right? Corners, similar thing. It's mm -hmm. either your best or your worst shot. Those slots kind of are like the weird like really i i can I, this is a this is a good shot for me right it, it's weird because like the angle of the backboard is kind of at a at a weird angle and so and it, i don't know how to explain you have it. a good it's view weird. of the rim maybe because yeah. it, like the depth of the rim maybe but that glass behind you could maybe be uh offsetting and then like the crowd behind you yeah from the corners could maybe be yeah um, put you off kilter so. and yeah from the corner spots yeah. definitely like that's where depth perception really plays a factor yeah. but that little that wing spot right there that was always a really comfortable shot for me to shoot as okay. well because the other thing you have to remember is when you get those shots it's normally either on a catch and shoot or it's off a off a off a screen down a yeah. pin down and so it's it's comfortable footwork when you're getting into it and it's an easy one too and it's part of your five spots like if you're shooting you shoot five in the corner five on the wing five at the top of the key five on the other wing five in the other corner so it's part of your like daily routine of as a shooter and so I could totally see that being a spot for Isaiah where it's like, all right, this is mine. It's my comfort zone. Well, he's shooting 45% from three above yeah. the break this season. And I don't have the exact numbers, but traditionally that's been like a, a shot in the mid thirties percentage wise mm -hmm. in terms of like league wide over the last few years of, of what you're averaging on those above the break threes. So uh, to be 10 percentage points or so above that is a massive, massive win. And you think about the spacing that that creates for guys like Shea yeah. and Josh Giddy, who has been downhill and on top of the rim lately too. So having that shooting and spacing is a big deal. The other thing about Isaiah in, in, in addition to his shooting, and we kind of hinted at it with that run in, in Orlando, his defensive kind of feistiness mm -hmm. is what allows him to be out there on the floor and why coach Dagnall trusts him in, in a lot of these situations. If you just watch Isaiah out there, 
he is not giving anything up no. really defensively. He's typically undersized and typically the younger of the <laughs> of the duo, but he is playing with some force, some feistiness. If you go up to the rim, he's going to try to meet you there. He's either going to try to take a charge or he's going to try to elevate and just contest as best as he can. And that feistiness is is really impressive for a guy who is is has always been undersized at his position. And he told us like I have to predicate my game on my defense because if you can't trust me on the defensive end, then I can't be out there on the floor to to do anything else, much less, you know, go and get a three for you. Yeah, and he's certainly brimming with confidence. And just as a transition before we let you all go, one of the reasons why he's able to like play with such confidence is what's instilled to him by his teammates and particularly leaders on this team like Shea Gildas-Alexander. Yeah. The NBA announced the first returns on All-Star voting today. Shea Gildas-Alexander fourth among Western Conference guards in a really great spot. But that means, Thunder fans, everybody, you've got to continue to keep yeah. voting for Shea. Please go to nba.com slash vote. You're going to need that voter ID. Be aware of those three-for-one voting days because this is an incredible chance here over the next um, stretch to try to get Shea voted into the All-Star game. Um, so he's he's doing great and uh, a great sign for him, uh, even if he doesn't make this fan vote, yep. that um, you know people are recognizing the, the type of season he's put together. Yeah, coming off a really impressive performance, 30-point performance against the uh, Orlando Magic after missing the game before that with a non-COVID illness. Shea, as consistent as ever. And if we look ahead to what's on tap, you'll see that the Thunder welcomes the uh, Washington Wizards yes. back into Paycom Center. And if you remember anything about the Thunder playing the Wizards this year, you might think of one Shea Gilgis-Alexander and a uh, a fun buzzer beater that he had in, uh, in D.C. Big time game winner. And then the Thunder plays Dallas on Sunday. Another site down in Dallas of that miraculous 16-point comeback yep. in the fourth quarter. Isaiah yep. Joe, Shea alexander played massive roles in that as well. And that's a, a nice little two-game homestand. Caps 11 of 13 games at Paycom Center before OKC heads out on a four-game East, Eastern Conference road swing. That's right. And this Eastern Conference road swing, it, the, the stretch was a total of 10 of 11 games for the Thunder were going to be against Eastern Conference opponents. And so it's a little Eastern Conference heavy right now. And the Thunder going to head out on that four-game road trip after taking on the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. But until then, we want to thank you so much for watching and tuning in. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer, Matt Bishop. And until next time, Thunder Up, and catch you later.